0: The Lord, give you his peace. In the liturgy today, just a few days before Christmas, we have the image of the prophet Elijah, that famous prophecy, the prophet Malachi, the last prophecy of the Old Testament that the Lord would send the prophet Elijah to come and prepare the way. And then John the Baptist's birth, who is a spiritual fulfillment of that prophecy. He, Jesus said that John came in the spirit of Elijah, he was Elijah who came. And uh, so praying on the question, how is it that John the Baptist was a new Elijah? Um, I thought it might be a good opportunity to just offer a little commentary on God's mercy. So uh, we know that the, there was a hullabaloo over the name of the baby. Everybody wanted to name him after his father, Zechariah. And the angel had revealed to, the, to, to him that no, his name should be John. So it's that funny moment in today's gospel where Elizabeth is like, no, his name is John. And, and Zechariah, who'd been dumb, has to write it on a tablet, his name is John. And at that moment, he is given the gift of speech again, and, you know, it's, it's so interesting. So it's like, hey, everybody, it's really important that this baby gets named John. And as you know, in the, the biblical times, your name had a lot of that. It was a word that had a meaning, and, and that meaning had something to do with your mission in life, right? So Jesus, it, he had to be called Jesus. So, you know, he couldn't have been called Luke. It's unfortunate, because that's a great name, too. God saves, right? Yeshua. And uh, it really says something about Jesus. So John is a word which means Yahweh has mercy. Yahweh has mercy. So we want to interpret or we want to understand John the Baptist in that uh, theme. You know, everything about John is this idea that Yahweh wanted to show mercy. He wanted to show mercy. And uh, so however it was that John was a new elijah that he fulfilled that prophecy from prophet malachi he was the precursor to the messiah he comes and everything about him his way of life and you know what he was wearing and eating all of it's very similar to elijah elijah had a run-in with jezebel john has a run-in with herodias <laughs> you know there's all these parallels but um people knew john because he was a voice in the desert crying out prepare the way of the lord and how, how do you prepare the way of the lord it was a call to repentance right that's, that was really the message of John the Baptist. Even the baptism he was doing was known as a baptism of repentance. It was a bit of a precursor to our sacrament of baptism. So, if God has mercy, a really important aspect of what it means that God is going to have mercy, how do we get that mercy? How do we get in touch with it? How do we receive it? How do we understand the, the idea of God's mercy? Um, you cannot remove the aspect of repentance. Repentance is really important. Elijah had been a prophet who called God's people to repentance. You go back and look at the stories of Elijah, right? The the king and the people had kind of abandoned God and they were kind of getting into paganism. And uh, the prophet Elijah had a big theme of repentance, you know, leave behind all of this idolatry to worship the true God. And uh, that story comes to a really climactic moment when there's a showdown. It's like one of the coolest passages of the whole Bible. There's a showdown between Elijah and the prophets of Baal, this idol, Baal. You know, right? And they're on the, the Mount Carmel there, and they have the two altars, and they put the sacrifice on it. And, and they're going to call out to their, you know, their gods. Uh, Elijah is going to call out to Yahweh. The prophets of Baal are going to call out to Baal. And whichever God answers will be the true God. It's an, this has to be made into a movie eventually, right? And uh, so we know what happens, and uh, it's Elijah who, you know, calls down the fire from heaven, and the Lord himself consumes the sacrifice they kill the prophets of Baal, and then it rains. There had been a a, a drought, and uh, through the prayer of Elijah. Um, So I'm going to try to tie this together. We want to talk about God's mercy, and we want to talk about the importance of repentance as uh, how we receive his mercy. Um, There are two images that come to mind that I think can help us understand this. And uh, it has to do with sacrifice. You know, for the Jews, the sacrifices happened on the altar, which was the temple. And here's an interesting thing. The location of the temple, where the temple was placed, was on a very high place, Mount Moriah there in Jerusalem. And before the temple was there, way back in the day, does anybody know what that plot of land was used for kind of up on this hill? It was the threshing floor of Ornan. So here's the deal. Jesus will pick up the theme of the threshing floor to talk about God's judgment. So here's what they would do. You would harvest the grain, and you would gather it on this top of this hill where there was a wind. And then you would grab a fork, and you would throw the grain into the air. And uh, the grains would just fall back down, but the, the gentle wind would remove the chaff. Um, So that's an interesting image for like our lives, you know, repentance has to do with kind of just offering up everything in our life and allowing the wind of the Holy Spirit to to blow away what's the chaff, to blow away what's sinful. Um, And uh, so repentance has a way of doing that. It's kind of an interesting image, but that plot of land that had been the threshing floor ended up becoming the site of the temple and the altar. And uh, so another image is the sacrificing of something on an altar, which we maybe don't necessarily see a whole lot of that in our own day. But um, they were basically, if I could boil it down for simplicity, there ended up being two kinds of sacrifices on the altar. Um, One sacrifice was the killing of a false idol, right? A lot of the animals that God had asked them to sacrifice were images of the idolatrous false gods of Egypt The Israelites had picked up the habit, right? And so the bull or the lamb, you know, all of these things had been kind of images of divinity. So we we need to apply, um, we need to have an application of that idea to our own day. And so, for example, maybe a lot of people should go and burn a stack of cash, you know? Make a sacrifice of all that cash to to the Lord, people who have the false idolatrous, false God of uh, money. Or maybe somebody should buy season tickets to their favorite football team. And instead of going to the game, burn those tickets. You know. Or maybe somebody should buy a Playboy, uh, leave the wrapper on and uh, burn it on an altar, you know. make a sacrifice of that pornography and that lust. Or another famous example, which we've all probably heard, somebody who's an alcoholic buys a bottle of Jack Daniels and then pours it down the drain instead of drinking it. You know. There's something there um, that's an expression of repentance, this kind of false God that's in my life that I'm, I'm, you know, a concrete act to sacrifice it. And uh, in doing so, it's a prayer asking God for his help. So um, there are two prayers which are super important in the bestowal and receiving of God's mercy. And I'll conclude with this. It's the two prayers which are uttered in the sacrament of confession. The first one is known as the act of contrition. That's what the penitent, penitent penitent praise and as a priest you will get to know this act of contrition quite well because so many people don't have it memorized so you find yourself saying it with the penitence repeat after me and uh, so that prayer the act of contrition is super important and uh, there are there are two movements in the prayer First, the first movement is Lord I'm sorry just a simple acknowledging I've sinned I've, I've made a mistake I'm sorry and then asking for his help I need your help You know, those are the two things that need to be there for the act of contrition. You know, and you can say one that you memorized in second grade, which is what I do. (laughs) Or you can just say one from the heart. Lord, I'm sorry. Please help me. And um, you could be contrite um, sorrow for your sin imperfectly, which means you're sorry for your sin because of how ugly the sin is or because you're really afraid of God and his judgment. It's not the best, but it's, it's imperfect contrition. But perfect contrition is to be motivated by love of God, to be motivated by love of him, you know. And uh, it takes a little while to get there, huh? To really, to be really, really sorry for our sins. To really, you know, well-formed conscience. And Lord, I'm really sorry. And that is a work of grace. And, but the reason why I'm sorry is because of, of your love. You know, love for you, right? Um, so the act of contrition. And, uh, and then the second prayer, which is such a special prayer, is the prayer that the priest says, that's the formula for absolution. You know? And uh, that's the other prayer that priests know really, really well, right? So you you end up saying that prayer a lot of times, and uh, you want to be careful that you don't fall into the um, to saying that prayer without reverence, saying it like you know, because if you do hundreds of confessions and you know, and there's a big long line, you you could easily um, get into what's called routine. And like, God the Father of Mercy. I remember when I was a little boy, the priest would say the formula of absolution with no devotion or reverence at all. You know, it was kind of like, God, Father Almighty, I absolve you. You know, it was like, but just as the, the liturgy, off at the rubric for Mass, it says for the priest to, to pronounce the words of consecration with due reverence. And they're actually in bold in the Roman Missal. So also, um, the other words that confect each sacrament but for, for confession have a little moment, you don't want to be overly dramatic, but just a little moment of the meaning of these words, you know, that God is the Father of mercy, Jesus saved us, they sent the Holy Spirit among us to forgive sins, and then this word absolve, which as we know is an untying or unbreaking the bonds, you know, and to to really have that in your mind, in your heart, that this is what's happening right now. Sometimes I'll, I'll prepare a person who, maybe they're not familiar with the sacrament, I'll say, okay, this is what's about to happen. I'm going to say this special prayer, the prayer of absolution is at this moment that Jesus sends the Holy Spirit and your sins are taken away. Kind of like that wind that blows the chaff. And to, to really to believe that and just to be ready to receive it is how we receive his mercy, how we receive it. And uh, so, brothers, whatever is the uh, concrete details of our own circumstances, our own situations, our own sins that we're struggling with, you know, to, to make a good confession, to prepare for Christmas to be humble, to repent, uh, to trust in the Lord, to sacrifice our false idols, and to receive the mercy that he's uh, so willing to give us. And uh, that is the grace that we pray for these days before Christmas. Amen. Hey everybody. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the whole homily to the end. There were two items I forgot to mention in my homily, the two types of sacrifices, one of which was the killing of a f- symbol of a false idol And uh, that's what I commented on. Another kind of sacrifice was just a thanksgiving. So from the fruit of the land or the flocks that they had, they would give thanks to God. Uh, offering the firstborn uh, for the, his bounty and help. And then instead of burning the money or spending it on things, you know, the best way to sacrifice those idols nowadays is to donate that money to a worthy charity to help the poor. And in many countries you can get a tax write-off for doing that, but even more perfect would be to not get a tax write-off and just let God reward you for that act of generosity. So again, Merry Christmas, everybody, and God bless you. That's it. Thanks for listening.